Welcome to the Somos Church Podcast. We are so glad you're listening. This is Sergio and Beatrice, and we're the pastors here at Somos Church. We hope you feel encouraged, challenged, and inspired today. We love you. Enjoy the message. are in a super exciting season here at church. We're about to start my most favorite season uh, in life. And that's not only the fall. Uh, I do love the fall because, you know, it's chilly and cold here in El Paso, and that's always great. Uh, but we're about to start connect groups. And I just want to echo what Johnny and Josh said, you know, connect groups are so, so important. God intended life to be lived with people. Uh, if we could really just kind of break down what, what God intended, God intended more to do life in community than on Sundays. So I know you have made Sundays a priority in your life, and that is great. That is awesome. This is where we get encouraged. We love on one another. We get the word. We get inspired. But if I can tell you what is the, the reason why Jesus came to this world is for us to live in connect groups, to live in community. So don't miss out on this incredible opportunity this season to join a connect group. Uh, there's one every single week uh, and every single day for whatever stage in life you're in. So uh, make sure to join one. Uh, amen? Amen. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Hey, uh, Beatrice and I missed you all so much this past week. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, my wife started having contractions Saturday, last Saturday, at 11 p.m. And, and if you know me, I love my sleep. I don't need a lot of sleep. I just need sleep, you know? And, and oh, dear Lord, you know, she started having contractions at 11, and I was like, Okay, here we go, you know. Uh, our baby was born 4 a.m. on a Sunday. She had to have church, you know. She's a church baby, so she was like, I'm going to be born on Sunday, you know. So, uh, But thank God she is healthy. Beatrice is healthy, and we're just so thankful for that. Beatrice sends her love. Um, she is recovering. I would like to say resting, but if you have a kiddo, you know, there's not much of that, you know, especially in the first couple of weeks. Uh, and then we have three kids, you know, total now. So that is great. So uh, we just appreciate your love, uh, your prayers, your words, your kindness. Uh, keep praying for Beatrice as she recovers and for us, man, as we raise three kiddos. <laughs> but I'm telling you, God's just some, uh, doing something real, real cool here at Somos Church. And, and one of those things that we do every month is that every month we start a brand new series. And, and honestly, every single time we start a brand new series, it's not just something we talk about. We really see it as a season. You know, we really see it as an opportunity for all of us to focus and just really uh, tune in to what God is wanting to do in our lives uh, just uh, as, as a church. So uh, right now we're in this cool series, long name, called Are Your Habits Making You or Are They Breaking You? Come on, can you tell your neighbor, are your habits making you? Come on, ask them please for me. Are your habits making you or are they breaking you. Be honest to that, you know? Like, man, I, if I'm honest, <laughs> let me tell you what my habits are doing for me. Uh, you know, the definition of a habit, it is an acquired mode of behavior that has become nearly or completely involuntary. A habit, it's something that you have acquired that is now such a part of your life that is almost involuntary. It, you just do it out of habit, right? It is a settled tendency or a usual manner of behavior. It's something that you just do out of habit. Brushing your teeth, you do it out of habit. Uh, hopefully, you don't think about, I need to brush my teeth. Like, it's things that you do every single day without uh, thinking about it. Now, the thing about habits is that uh, positive habits, healthy habits, in the beginning stage of a habit, 
you are intentional about it, okay? Like in the beginning stage of developing a habit, you're really intentional. You put a lot of effort into developing a habit. And then after time, it becomes a part of your identity. It becomes a part of what you do. It fully becomes a habit. Now, what if, just, uh, just what if, imagine your life, if all the positive things, all the positive habits that you could have as a person, that, that, that they come not out of self-discipline, if they would come not out of just willpower, but they would just happen because of habit. All the positive things, all the godly things in your life, imagine if they became a habit. Now, all the little habits, all the little things that we do, they have a big impact in our lives, good and bad. All the little things have such a big impact. And what I want to encourage you today, it's to be aware of your habits. What are the habits that break you? And then what are the habits that are so good for you that you don't want to lose? Or maybe some habits that you want to start to have in your life. That is the goal today and through this season to recognize the habits that are so bad for us let them go, and then acquire some positive godly habits in our life. Now, like I mentioned earlier, you know, I have, I have three kids now, okay? Three kids. Anyone in here have three kids? Can you raise your hand? just want to see. No? Well, three or more, okay. Three or more, three or more, okay, okay, okay. Um, you know, and, and I'm barely on my week one of, of three kids, uh, and, and it's full, it's beautiful, it's great, and, and, and I'm not going to be funny about it. You know, I'm just going to say something really meaningful, kind of cheesy too. But as I have three kids, uh, something has happened in my heart, you know. Like I look at my three kids, and, and I feel so blessed. Uh, I don't know <laughs> who has the same feeling as, as, as I do, but every single time I see my kid, like something just, just happens in my heart. Like, I have a six-year-old, she is my oldest, and every single time I look at her, for real, since the day she was born till today, I just, I don't know, just joy kind of rises up in my heart, you know, I just kind of like, just love, you know, I see her and it's just like, man, I can't believe how much she's grown, she's beautiful. All these beautiful things rise up on my heart, and it's crazy because I hear people saying, oh, I miss them when they were little and they were babies, and just to be honest, again, it's not to be cheesy or anything, but it hasn't happened to me. Like, every single time that I see my kid from when they were babies till today, it's just something, it's just, something happens in my heart, you know, I don't know if that's going to change when she becomes a teenager, <laughs> but, but, but that happens. The same thing with, with, with my baby boy, you know, I see him and something happens in my heart. It just melts my heart. Uh, and now with, with our baby Gianna, like the same thing. I just see her and it just, something happens in my heart when I see my kids. I just love them. And, and, and all throughout every single pregnancy and then after they're born, my heart is melted. I love them. I'm excited. I want to get everything for them. I want the best for my kids, you know, and I'm not saying I'm a perfect dad by no means. I am like really crazy and a wild dad, okay? Uh, we, we had a, a, da a daddy-daughter dance uh, this Saturday, and my daughter was fearful for her life to go to this daddy-daughter dance because she was scared that I was going to embarrass her, okay? So I'm not a perfect dad. Uh, <laughs> I showed her some videos of, like, crazy dancing before. That was my fault. You know, it's like, oh, this is how you're going to dance. So I just messed it up for myself, you know. But, but anyhow, um, I, I love my kids. And I want the best of the best for my kids. Like, the best of the best. And I'm talking emotionally. I'm talking in our home environment, education, discipline, love, affirmation, encouragement. I want the best for my kids. Practically, you know, I want the best for my kids. And every single uh, time that we've had a kid, like, I'm there 
on, on weird uh, blogs, mom blogs and articles, you know, and I'm there reading stuff, you know, and what are the top 10 baby gear for 2021? Uh, and I'm just looking for things of like, okay, I, I just want the best for my kids. Anyone uh, like me if you have kids? You just want the best for your kids. I'm like YouTubing, reading like articles, products, just to, to make life better for my kids. And, and, and we spend an excessive amount of, of, of money with just getting stuff for babies. And, 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 but this is the thing that I discovered. Companies and businesses, they have figured out that parents want the best for their kids. So you know what they do? Number one, they overprice everything that's baby related. <laughs> you know, like everything that is baby related, they overprice it. They, they, just be, they just come up with weird inventions for babies, okay? Uh, like just, you know, you need, uh, <laughs> when, when Sophia was born, there was a thing to suck boogers, okay? I don't know if you've seen it. So it wasn't the, 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 the bubble thing. Now it's like a little thing that you put on your mouth and you suck the boogers out of them, you know? It has a filter, it has a filter. You can see it in Target, Frida, okay? <laughs> I'm not lying. So you put, you put a little tube on your mouth and you are like chasing like. <laughs> it's gross. It's weird. It has a filter. But, but honestly, it works better than those like bubble things, you know, because those are annoying. If you, again, if you don't have kids, just bear with me for a second. This is the world I'm in right now, okay? You're like trying to get one and it's like really, it's, it's annoying, man. So, so the thing is like easier, okay? Now they came up with an electric one, which is praise God, why didn't they do that in the first place, you know? Uh, but it's like a little machine and you're just like, you know? So again, companies know that, that, that parents want the best of the best for their kids. They, they overprice everything. They like, car seats expire? What? You know what I'm saying? Like, why does a car seat expire? When have you heard that plastic expires? Like, are you kidding me? You know, like, it's just, they're just making money because they know that parents want the best of the best for their children. They take advantage of your wallet. Uh, and that's not the point. I'm just ranting here a little bit. No, just kidding. It has something to do. We want the best for our kids. I want the best for my children. Like, with my whole heart, like, for real, I want the best of the best. Uh, as a dad, my whole heart is that my kids would grow up way better than I ever uh, was or will be. I want them to succeed in everything they do. I want to change things in me so that they can just grow and do way better, go farther uh, than I ever will be. So my heart as a dad is I just want the best for my kids. And, and, and I just have to put this out there as we talk about habits that make you, habits that break you, what's good for you, what's not. Don't you think that is if we as humans want good things for our kids, if you have kids? If you don't have kids, you want good things for the people that you love. Don't you think that God wants the best of the best for you? Like if, if we all desire good, for the people that we love. Don't you think that there is maybe a heavenly father that loves you way too much and that he wants good for you? He wants godly for you. He wants the best of the best for you. He wants you to know that you're loved. He wants you to know that you have a purpose. He wants you to know that you matter. He wants you to know that he will provide according to his riches and his glory. He wants you to know that he won't only provide financially, but he will provide emotionally. He would provide mentally, spiritually. Come on, God is a good God and he's a good father. And, and this is the thing that I want to encourage you to is that there is good for you. There's good for you. That's the title of my message. Like, there is good for you. Can you turn to someone next to you and tell them, hey, there's good for you. There's good for you. Can we believe today that there's good for you? But I'm single and I'm never going to see that person. And God, where are you? Can you tell yourself, hey, there's good for me. 
God doesn't want just anyone for you. He wants good for you. In your marriage, come on, can you believe today that God wants good for your marriage? He doesn't want you to just go through life in your marriage and just struggling. Come on, he wants good for your marriage. In every single area of your life, there is good for you. There is good for you. There is good for you. There is God for you. God wants good for you. God wants better for you. There is this heavenly Father that loves you, that is looking at you, that cares about every single detail of your life. We made a big um, mistake as parents. I don't know if it's a mistake, but I bought some cameras for my kids. Uh, monitors, cameras with motion detectors and I get the notification on my phone. And I just, I'm just, my goodness, man, I'm a creeper, you know? <laughs> Every single move, like, I'm just there staring, you know? Like, and they make little noises and I'm like, you know, it's like I'm just staring literally like uh, <laughs> my wife's like, man, this is annoying. We get notifications all the time if there's any little movement. <laughs> but then she's there, you know, all day, you know, <laughs> just like staring at our kids. Man, God is that for us. God is that for you. He's looking at you. He's staring at you. He wants good for you. Now, the thing about the good that God has for every single one of us the thing about the, the godliness and the good things that God wants for us, it's that it's not going to be the same as the good that you think is good for you. And I think we all, in some way, shape, or form, we have this awareness to see in different stages and seasons of our lives that we thought that something was good for us. All of us. We thought something was going to be so good for us. And we were stubborn about it. We fought with everyone about it. We were like, this is good for me. And then later on, we saw that it wasn't good. Right? You guys got way too quiet on me on that one. <laughs> we, we, we think we know what's good for us. And what I want to encourage you today, today is that God's goodness is way different than the goodness that we think it's good for us. He is a heavenly father. And the thing that we allow so many times to infiltrate this concept of God's goodness, that God is our father, is that we all have certain perspectives of our earthly fathers. We have earthly perspectives of what we went through growing up. We have a perspective of family, good or bad, but that infiltrates when we start talking about this heavenly father that wants good for you and I. Psychologically, it's hard to separate when we hear heavenly father, we immediately, some way, uh, somewhere in, in our brain, it connects with the perspective that we have with whatever perspective you have. And what I want to encourage you today is if you could really push past that perspective that you have, the upbringing that you have, what you saw growing up, if you can step back and kind of let go of that perspective and allow God to give you a brand new perspective, good or bad, because maybe you had a really great perspective of that growing up. Maybe you did it. The reality is that we're all humans. Like, I mess up and I fall short as a father every single day because I'm a human. So good or bad, can I just encourage you, can you take a step back and just allow God to redefine that concept of God being your father? Because when we do that, when we allow God to come into our lives and we really see him as this perfect heavenly father that is faithful, that is consistent, that is loving, that is graceful. Imagine how that would affect every single area of your life. Imagine the confidence that you would have. Imagine all those insecurities that you have struggled with for many years just fade away because you know that you have this God in you, with you, for you. Imagine that depression, those emotional things that you struggle constantly, how they would be impacted by knowing that God is your father, 
that you are not alone, that he created you in his image, that God says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. He, he knew you in your mother's womb. There's nothing that he doesn't know or care about you. Come on, he is this father that you don't even know about. He's there loving on you. He wants good for you. Ephesians 1 says that God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. God decided in advance, in advance. Maybe you've been coming to church and, and, and you've been with your relationship with God for years now. Maybe this is your first time. And I just want to encourage you today. God in advance in advance, before you ever wanted anything with God, before you ever thought about God, in advance, he already had adopted you into his family. He already had said, hey, you are my daughter, you are my son. In advance. And, and through Jesus, that's how we come to him. Romans 8 verse 15 says that you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. All, all, all those things that we struggle with, spirit of fear, spirit of, of slavery, when we come to God and, and we see God as this super God that's far away and he's powerful, but he is in our lives some way, somehow. He's saying, hey, you have not received the spirit of fear. You haven't received the spirit of slaves. You have received God's spirit that, that calls you his own children, that you can call him father. You can say, hey, you are my father. Come on. God wants good for you, and God wants good for you to the point of saying, hey, you are mine. I love fatherhood because I don't care if my daughter is embarrassed of me by going to a daddy-daughter dance. You are mine. You know, and she always tells me, I'm not a baby anymore. You know, and I'm like, girl, even if you are a grandparent and old, you are my baby. Like, you are mine. You know? and, and that is the same heart of God towards you. That's what I want to ingrain in you today. Like, I am his. I am his. And seeing the impact that that would have in your life in the practical. Are your habits making you or breaking you? I believe when we know and we understand that he is your father, that you are his, our habits, they just change. We start letting go of the habits that break us because we understand that we're loved, we're embraced. He is our Father. Come on, can I encourage you today with that? You're not alone. That you're, you're someone that actually matters so much. That Jesus came to this world to save you, to open up a door of relationship. He wants the best of the best for you. He wants you to live a life that is full of habits that are going to make you. Full of things that are going to help you succeed in life. John 10.10 10 says that his purpose is to give you a rich and satisfying life. That is his purpose. That is God's purpose in your life, to give you a full life, an abundant life, a rich and satisfying life. That's God's intention. Well, where's all this goodness in my life, man? <laughs> where's all this beauty and good things? Like, as you know, I struggle with a whole lot every single day, and that's where the tension and frustration comes because his good doesn't line up with the good desires that you and I have. That's where the battle comes. That God is like, I have all of this good. And you're like, but I want that good. <laughs> you know, I want all of that good that surely 
and slowly they're going to break me a little by little by little. That, that, that's, that's the moment where, where tension comes between the spirit and our flesh. Our flesh is so loud. Have you ever recognized that? You know, you want the burger in the middle of the night. Triple bacon, jalapenos, extra cheese, large fries, lar or tacos, man, like some good tacos in the middle of the night. And your flesh is so loud, you know, like, I want that. I want that. And it's so hard to shake it off. You know, you, you, you hear the alarm in the morning. And you know you have to get up at a certain point, at a certain time, to be where you need to go. And your flesh speaks so loud. Snooze, you know? <laughs> snooze, snooze. Like, some of you are all past the snooze. You just don't even put an alarm in, you know? <laughs> what are the things that break you, and how is that so correlated to our flesh? It's a battle, right? Is that about our anger, our, our bitterness, when someone does wrong to us? I'm not going to forgive them. They need to recognize first, and they need to come to me. And you're the only one damaging yourself because you're listening to what you think is good, and that good, it is our flesh, and our flesh says, they did me wrong. But God's good is, just forgive, let go. Just forgive them. I know they did wrong to you. You're not justifying them. You're just following God's goodness for your life. God's goodness, it's good, but it's not easy. God's goodness will battle and will go into war with your flesh. It will. It will. And the most little, little things should I watch hours on Netflix or pay attention to my kids, <laughs> you know? Should I watch hours and hours of TikTok or do some things that I need to do in my house, and my family, advance in life, educate myself, read good articles for me? Well, I'm learning a lot in TikTok, really, you know? <laughs> what is good for us? Really good in a godly perspective, in a godly setting, could we take a step back and realize that the things we think are good for us might not be good for us? Could we invite God into our lives in the things that we struggle with? You know, it's funny because my father-in-law, he, he goes regularly out of town to the same city. And this city is full of the best restaurants in the whole world. I'm talking about you sneeze restaurants on top of restaurants on top of restaurants, good restaurants. You guys know I love food. So again, it's like power. And every single time that he goes, I'm like, you need to go here. You need to go there. You need to go there. Like you need to try this spot, this spot, this spot. And then surely he sends me a picture here at Denny's, you know, <laughs> like, why would you do that? You know, that is not good. That is not good. And it's interesting that in the middle of so much good that he can choose, he chooses bad. Love you, father-in-law. <laughs> he chooses, he chooses Denny's. Out of all the good available, why? I mean, even McDonald's would be better, you know? Like anything is better than Denny's. Sorry if you love Denny's, you know? <laughs> in the midst of so much good, he chooses bad. Isn't that us? God has so much good, so much good, so much blessings, promises, purity that's going to protect us, holiness that's going to set us apart and stand out. He has so much good, so much good readily available to you, his Holy Spirit, his presence, his word, everything just here, and we go, I want that that's going to make me just break apart emotionally, spiritually, down the line. In the midst of so much good, we choose bad. 
We choose bad. We choose the bad things. We choose the unhealthy things. We choose the toxic things that will break us emotionally, spiritually, or mentally. And maybe it doesn't happen right away, but we all know that soon enough it will catch up. Can I inspire you today that there's so much good for you? There's so much good for you that we don't need to choose all of these things that are bad, but we can instead choose all the good things, all the godly things that God has for you and for me. John 3.16 says, This is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. This is one of the most famous scriptures uh, in history. God loves you way too much that he gave his son to die for you so that you wouldn't perish, but that you would have eternal life. And you know, typically when I'm studying, I, I read the same uh, verses in so many different translations, and something caught my attention as I was studying this passage is that in, in so many different translations, everything changes except one word, and that's perish. Perish. Everything is a little bit different, you know, here and there, but, but the word perish is the same. God loves you way too much that he sent his one and only son to die for you, to set you free, to open up the doors of relationship with him so that you can have an eternal life, a beautiful life. This promise that he has for you of an abundant life, satisfying, rich life so that you wouldn't perish. The reason why God has so much good for you and the godliness and all these principles that he has for you, they are because they don't want, he doesn't want for you to perish. The good that God has for you, it's not because, oh, he is just like, whoa, too holy, holy, you know, I'm not going to do this or that. And, you know, that's a boring thing. Everyone's doing it. We, we miss the point. The godliness that God wants for you, the good things God has for you, it's because he doesn't want for you to perish. The good that I want for my kids, it's not just because I'm a strict, disciplined, whatever, dad towards him. It's because I don't want them to perish. I don't want them to suffer. The definition of perish, it is to destroy, to put out of the way, entirely abolish, put an end to ruin. It's something useless, kill, misery, to perish, to be lost, ruined, destroyed. Essentially, something bad for you. <laughs> the good that God has for you. It's not just good for goodness sake. The good that God has for you is so that you wouldn't suffer. It's so that you wouldn't go through some of the things that we all lived a little, have gone through, and have paid the consequences in our lives in some way, shape, or form. The good that God wants for you, it's not only good, but he doesn't want you to perish. So why should we follow the godly principles that God has for us? They're going to be good for you, like really good. Like why do we give? And genuinely, this is not a thing because as a church, we need money. And like, no, we're blessed. You know why we're blessed? Because God is our heavenly father. So when I talk about giving, we don't talk about it from the standpoint that we need it. You know what? You need it. <laughs> You need it. When you practice generosity, why is that a godly principle that is taught throughout the whole Bible? Because it's good for you. Because he wants good for you. Why does God talk about holiness and purity? Why? Because he's a boy. Oh, that was written like so long ago. Like, come on, you know? Like, no. Because he knows that as we pursue this life of purity, we're going to guard our hearts, our minds, our eyes, our ears from things that eventually they're going to come and haunt us. Why does God want good? Because it's good for you. But also because he doesn't want you to perish. He doesn't want you to go through the consequences of sin. He wants you to live this rich 
and satisfying life. Is there room for mistakes? Yes, God knows us. God's, God knows who we are. He knows the grace that is so readily available for us. But what is God trying to teach us here? For us to pursue not the desires of the flesh, which there are many. That is a lifelong journey. But he wants for us to desire the habits that are going to make us, the habits that are good for us. What are those habits, those things that are godly? And I just want to read this before I give you three points, three habits that are good for us, that are godly for us. Uh, I just want to read this. You know, Matthew 16, 26 says, What do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? And the reason why I want to mention this at this point in the message is because, again, we have this perspective of what's good for us, and we follow that hardcore full force in our lives so many times to the point of losing our soul. We follow the success, which God has nothing against success. But we follow that success at the top of the line, and it is our priority, and we chase that full force, and we start losing our soul. We want this, that, or the other, and what good is it if we gain the whole world? But you lose your soul. You lose yourself. You feel that emptiness, that void. You can have everything, but then feel that you have nothing. But when we chase God first and his righteousness and everything he has for you, you start feeling that fulfillment in your heart. And that is the good that God wants for you. And for me, God wants to fulfill you. God wants to give you peace that surpasses all understanding. God wants for you to feel loved and embraced and taken care of, that you matter to him, that, that he is there to comfort you in those moments of pain, of confusion, of not knowing what you need to do. God wants for you to feel joy, just joy and gladness. God wants for you to feel hopeful and, and to have faith in you. That's what God wants for you. He wants good. So what are the three things that I believe? And they, these are not all. Uh, There's so many things and good things that God wants for every single one of us. God has so many good habits that he would love for us to pick up. I just want to mention three that I believe as we engage in these three, they're going to affect every single area of our lives. So number one, uh, it is the habit of looking forward. The habit of looking forward. Habit of looking forward. Philippians 3.13 says, forget the past and look forward to what lies ahead. Have you ever realized in our lives, we're constantly in a state of looking back? We look back at regret. We look back at mistakes. We look back at you getting a fight today and all you can think after the fight is, I should have said this, I shouldn't have said that. And, and we live constantly in the state of just looking back, looking back at regret, looking back at things that we should have done different. Looking back at just everything in our lives, we live in a constant state of, of that or, man, those were the days. And I remember when all the family, we would hang out and it was beautiful here and it was beautiful then. And, and we live so often just caught up in the past. And I want to encourage you that this good God that you have, Heavenly Father, doesn't want his children to spend time just looking in regret looking in the past, looking, just wishing, washing that it would be like one day. God loves you way too much for you to just stand there looking always back. He wants you to develop the habit of looking forward. Come on, what is ahead for you? Not what's, what's behind you. Not what's behind you, but he wants for you to see, hey, what is for you? What are the things, the vision, the godliness, the good habits, the good things, the promises that I have for you? God wants for you to see all the good so that you can chase it and forget about the past. Come on, if God doesn't look at your past, 
what are you doing just hanging out in there a whole lot? The Bible says that God forgives our sins as far as east is from the west. God says that he washes you as white as snow. Why does he say that? Because he wants you to forget the past and to look forward to what lies ahead of you. Come on, we need to stop looking at the past and we need to start desiring what's ahead. What's ahead for you? Can I ask you that? Can you ask yourself, what's ahead for my marriage? It needs to look different. And I'm not saying it looks bad, but couldn't it look better? In our parenting, in the workplace, in our school, in our lives, in our character, in every single area. Come on, what's ahead for you in that? Could it be better? Could you bring God in and just make beautiful things rise up in your life? Isaiah 43 Verse 18 says, forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I am going to do. Forget all that. Forget the past. It's nothing compared to what God wants to do in you and through you. Come on, there's beauty ahead of you. Can you believe that there's good available for you as we look ahead and take a hold of all the promises that God has for us? Number two. Number two, the habit of new. God wants for us to catch on, and it's really connected, but God wants for us to catch the habit of new. The, the habit that there's new things for you in God. And I'm not talking about new physical things, okay? Don't go today at home and start going all crazy on Amazon, you know? Like, well, the pastor said, you know, like, I'm not talking about that. <laughs> I'm talking about our emotions, our spiritual, mental health. Like, there is new for you. There is new grace available for you. There is new mercies available for you. There is new things available for you. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Come on, there is newness in you today. And his mercies are brand new every single day. Come on, today as you walk out of church, don't carry the same old you. Can you believe that God is so good that he wants you to experience new, new dreams, new vision? Come on, new, new things that he wants uh, to rise up on the inside of you. Come on, God wants new. Can you develop the habit of new? Can every single time that old lies come to your mind say, you know what? No more. That breaks me. God wants good for me. God wants new for me. And that is true. Come on. There's new things that God wants to do in you and through you. That he wants to literally infiltrate your home, your environments. He wants to infiltrate your workplace, your school, your circumstances, your depressions. He wants to fill them with new. You know, this past week, you know, there's moments that I, I kind of see myself wanting to get, like, overwhelmed. You know, it is a lot like, <laughs> you know, church and kids, and, and I feel that just kind of rising up, you know, like the overwhelming sense of, man, this is a lot. I don't know if you've ever felt that, but you just feel it rise up. And in the middle of those things, literally, I'm not saying because, oh, I've, this is who I am. I do it all the time. This is something new for me, okay? Like, as I start feeling all these things rise up, I just start inviting God in the middle of those moments. And it's a new thing. I've never done it before. In the middle of me feeling that, I start singing. And I don't sing good, you know. <laughs> I just start worshiping God and just singing out loud. And, and my wife asked me, hey, why are you singing so much? I'm like, I need to, you know. Like, I need to just worship God in the middle of the things that are rising up. It's a new thing. It's a new thing for me. But you know what? As I do that, I feel literally the overwhelmness just kind of slowly, slowly fall off. Because my perspective, it's, it starts to being placed not in my circumstances, but in who God is in my life. He's in control. Can I encourage you this week, when you're in the middle of the problem with your spouse, dating, live, depression, emotions, can, can I just encourage you to do a new thing? Develop the habit of new. Just start inviting God in, in the middle of Freak your spouse out. Like, thank you, Jesus. Like, what? what's up with this dude, you know? <laughs> like, your kids in the middle of, like, fighting or whatever, start, like, praying for them. They're like, what's going on, you know? <laughs> Freak them out, you know? 
Start developing the habit of new godly things in your life and you will see how God's going to do something powerful in your life. The third thing, and I'm going to ask Corey to come as we close. The third thing, it is the habit of sowing. The habit of sowing. Come on, we, we, we need in our lives as we see God's goodness reflected in every single area of our lives. We need to develop the habit of, of looking forward. Stop hanging out so much in the past. Come on, God has new things for you. Develop the habit of new. What new things you need to start bringing into your everyday life that are godly, that they're not normal for you. That's why, that's why it's new. And then also just developing a habit of sowing. 2 Corinthians verse, uh, chapter 9, verse 6 says, Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds, how many seeds? A few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. I'm going to say it again for those of you who tuned out there for a second. 2 Corinthians 9, a farmer who plants a few seeds will get a small crop, but those who plant generously will get a generous crop. And I'm not only talking about finances here, but the more seeds you plant, that the habit of sowing, the more you're going to reap. If you constantly are sowing words of affirmation to your spouse, you're going to reap. If you constantly sow words of life towards your children, you're going to reap. The more that you sow in your workplace with a good attitude, like if you were doing things for God and not for yourself, the more you're going to reap. At school, the more you're excellent and sow, not in procrastination, but you sow in just a gratitude that you're able to have an education, the more you're going to reap. The more that you sow into your mind the words that God speaks over you, the more you're going to reap. The more that you develop the habit of looking at God and looking at Him, how He loves you, how you are His son, His daughter, the more you're going to reap in your everyday life. Come on, can I encourage you today to develop a habit of sowing? Develop a habit of sowing. Sowing takes a whole lot of sacrifice. It takes a whole lot of effort. Habit, they're not easy to make. My grandfather, he had a ranch growing up, and every summer we would go there, and, and you see me, you know, like this, not like a very handyman, and I, you know, I get that. That's cool. You know, judge me. Uh, I'm proud of it. Okay. I love clothes and fashion more than tools. <laughs> but growing up, I would go every single summer for uh, to my grandfather's, uh, grandfather's ranch, and and we would work different things. And man, it's hard work. It is hard work to be sewing and sewing and sewing. And some of you, you haven't sewn in a while in your marriage, in your relationships, and godliness because you've gotten tired, because of a lot of sacrifice. But maybe that's why you're not reaping a whole lot. Maybe you, you're not reaping the things that you want to see because you're not sowing the things you need to sow. Are your habits making you or are they breaking you? What are you putting in? Because if you're not getting out, you're not putting in. Can I encourage you today to develop a habit of sowing? Sow in every area of your life. Sow with gladness, sow with joy, sow because you know that you're going to reap a harvest. Think about harvest as we close today. You guys can stand up so that I can start closing because if not, I can go on and on. <laughs> the thing about harvest is that harvest is also a whole lot of work. You know, we think that 
that the hard work and the sacrifice it's in sowing, I think harvesting, that's more work. That's when you start caring things. That's when you start just seeing something that you sowed so hard into, you see it come to pass, and then you start putting it and taking it where you need to take it. And what I'm trying to say here is that we can never escape the hard work. That's the beauty of life, that there's sacrifice in everything. And if you're not sowing uh, good things, you're sowing bad things, there's also sacrifice. There's things that you're going to sacrifice as you sow things that are not good for you. So we can't escape the sacrifice, the hard work. But you know what? When we start sowing in God, in godliness, in His goodness, it makes a difference here in your heart, in your mind, in your soul. You feel fulfilled. And that is my prayer for us this Sunday, that this week would be a different week, that we develop a habit of not looking back, but look forward, that we develop new habits every single day, bring God in every single day, that you're intentional and just sowing. Come on, sow good things. As we leave church today, can you sow good things into the people around you and see the harvest that's gonna come in your life? Come on, can we close our eyes? God, we thank you this morning for your goodness, for who you are. We thank you that you love us deeply. This morning, you came uh, here, Lord, in this place to remind a couple of people that they're loved. You're loved. You matter. Despite all the bad that you might see around you, God today is just wanting to remind you that he is good, that he is for you. He's not against you. He wants good things for you. And I just pray this morning that if anyone in here is dwelling in the past in regret, I pray, God, that you would come in this new way that you promise, that the old life has passed away, but the new has come. I pray for that newness this morning. I pray that we would just feel refreshed and encouraged by knowing that you are with us, Lord. And I just pray, God, that you would just give us a new grace to sow. Give us a new grace to sow financially, to sow emotionally, to sow in words, to sow in love, to sow in affirmation, Lord. And I just pray that as we do that, we would feel you. We would feel your comfort and embrace guiding us in our lives. I pray if anyone in this room is feeling depressed, God, that you would just come and meet them right where they're at. Remind them that they are your children, that they matter to you, Lord, that they're not alone. And I just pray, God, that this week is a new week, that your graces are brand new every single day, and that we would just enjoy the beautiful life that you have given us. And in Jesus' name, come on, can we all say amen and amen. If you enjoyed today's message, please subscribe, like, and share. It helps more than you know. Also, if you'd like to be a part of the Somos Church giving family, you can do so today by going to somoschurch.cc slash give. Thanks so much for joining us. We're praying for you and we hope you have an amazing day.